Yeah, so I just want to stress that the the policy and advocacy wins that we've gotten, they they're not um, something that is unique and can only happen in Kansas City. Look around your neighborhood and, you know, is this doing what I need it to do to support you in your choices? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Active Towns podcast, conversations about creating a culture of activity. My name's John Zimmerman. I'm the founder of the Active Towns Initiative, and I'm truly honored to be your host each week on this podcast journey. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's always wonderful to have you along for the ride. Today is Friday, April 16th, 2021. And in this week's episode, I'm delighted to share this recent conversation I had with two hardworking advocates in Kansas City, Missouri, Laura Steele and Michael Kelly. Laura is the education director for Bike Walk KC, while Michael is the policy director. They share a little bit about the encouraging and much needed steps KC is making in its goal to become a more welcoming place to walk and bike. As you'll soon learn, this is a monumental challenge on several fronts, very similar to many, if not most, car-oriented cities around the world. But before we roll into that conversation, please allow me a brief moment to mention that this episode is being brought to you by the generous contributions of our donors, sponsors, and monthly patrons on our Patreon page. If you happen to be in a position to also make a contribution, please head over to my website at activetowns.org and click on that blue donate button on the top right corner of the page. However, if you're enjoying the Active Towns podcast and money is tight right now, no worries. You can still help me out by sharing the podcast with anyone you think might benefit from this content. Either way, thank you all so very much for tuning in and for the support you are able to provide. Okay, one last thing before we get started. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to and rate the Active Towns podcast on your preferred listening platform. Thanks. Okay, let's ease into this conversation with Laura and Michael. Michael and Laura, it's so wonderful to connect with you here today. Welcome to the Active Towns podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Fantastic. Well, hey, first off, thank you so much for joining me today for this important conversation about the efforts of Bike Walk KC there in Kansas City. To get us started, please share a little bit about yourselves and how you came to do this type of work. Laura, let's start with you. So I became aware of Bike Walk KC in 2014. I had had my firstborn um, and had stayed home with him for a while. And, you know, it was time to get back into the workforce. And my husband happened to find a job as a part-time youth instructor with Bike Walk KC. So I walked in, you know, did my interview and, you know, have been here ever since. So I started out as a youth instructor going into schools and teaching bike lessons and earn a bike programs and then moved into an outreach coordinator position. So acting as the liaison between the instructors and different schools asking for the programs and then got the opportunity to move into a program manager space when my previous boss left for a different position. And then finally just moved right into the director of education place. So. Wow. Fantastic. And what's sort of your background? So as far as schooling and college goes, I actually have a degree in art photography, but I have a longstanding love of just physical activity. Um, I played volleyball 
in junior college. I had always played club ball. I've always really valued being able to be active and mobile. And, you know, I had been bike riding both recreationally and competitively for a few years before I even knew about bike walk. And so when I came in, you know, I, I just felt like, well, I have a natural inclination for physical activity, have been, you know, exploring biking on my own in several different ways. And, you know, I just felt like it was a good fit. And so that's the background I come from. Fantastic. Now, if I read your bio right, you're also an elected official, correct? I am. I am. Yeah. So I live in a first ring suburb right outside of Kansas City, Missouri. My little town is called Westwood, Kansas. So to our east is Jackson County, which is where Kansas City, Missouri is. And so our eastern border is literally the state line. To the north is actually Kansas City, Kansas, one of the largest counties in Kansas. And um, we are the northeasternmost county in Johnson County, or municipality in Johnson County, I should say. Little town, about 1,700 residents, 700 or so houses. Yeah, I don't know truly what possessed me (laughs) to do this, but about three weeks after I moved to Westwood, I was approached about running, and I was like, what the heck, you know? Let's try it. So I did, was elected in November, sworn in of January 2020, and started public service very remotely. So, and had two, had two meetings where we got to all be together and um, we were all gelling and then down came orders that pandemic hit. And so we quickly reverted to, you know, doing things through Zoom and things like that. So, but yeah, it's been quite an adventure. Fantastic. That's, that's great. Well, uh, on, on behalf of everybody who is not in in that level of public service, thank you for doing so. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And and they, they didn't waste any time. Gosh, three weeks in. <laughs> they, I will give um, a really quick shout out to um, my fellow council member Jason Hanneman. He himself is um, a very active member of the community and has a very high interest in biking and active transportation. And yeah, he swooped in and was like, Hey, I think you should run. And some reason I believed him. And so I went with it. Well, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm mostly laughing and giggling because I grew up in a small town. So I know how that works. <laughs> uh, you know, the new face who moves in. That's right. Exactly. Okay. Michael, you're up. Sure. So my story is a little bit different for how I came to bike walk KC. So, um, I was working um, at um, one of the area chambers of commerce, um, and uh, my wife and I were fortunate enough to be able to travel to Vancouver, British Columbia um, for a week for our honeymoon. And um, it was a fantastic trip. And we were there for seven days, and we only used a car once. Everywhere else, we walked or we took the bus or we took the train. Uh, funny thing is, I actually did not ride a bike at all while I was up there. So, <laughs> but uh, it was a really eye-opening experience to be able to be in in this city that you've never been in and almost never have to worry about owning a car. And so I get back to Kansas City and I'm stepping out onto my porch first day I'm going back to work and I look to my left and my right and and there's nothing like that in Kansas City. And I just think to myself, man, why can't we have something like that here? And um, 
a couple weeks went by and uh, this job comes up for Bikewalk KC and I figured, you know, I'll, I'll take a shot at it. I knew actually Laura's old boss and um, our executive director through my time at UMKC uh, and um, I figured, you know, why not give it a shot? So I applied to be the policy coordinator, got the job, worked under now councilman for Kansas City, Eric Bunch, shout out to him. And when he was elected to city council in 2019, I became the policy manager. And then late last year, I was promoted again to the policy director. So that's that's where I am. And that's why I'm sitting here today. <laughs> Gosh, I love that story, too, because you have that history of being, you know, with the Chamber of Commerce. So, you know, that side of of all of this. And I love the fact, and 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 I'll I'll give a, a little you know quick commercial here for the episode that I just posted, which is about study tours and how impactful experiential travel is. Going to a new place, and, and especially if you spend more than just a day or two, you really sort of get into the groove of the place. And so I love the fact that you went to Vancouver, BC, seven days, and we're just like, oh my gosh, and, it, and it's changed your life. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's It really has been crazy to, to think that I went from not knowing anything about active transportation to, to be able to um, be in this position to work with folks like Laura and, and do great work for a place like Kansas City. I, um, I I got a chance to go to the National Bike Summit in 2019, and the keynote speaker there, Robin Mazumder, is from Canada, and I got a chance to chat with him and everything. And he said that it was really cool to, to uh, learn that, you know, Canada had kind of allowed us to cross paths. So it's, it really has been an eye-opening experience and I'm, I'm thankful for it, uh, for everything that I've been able to do. Great stuff. I love it. I love it. And uh, what's sort of your, your background in terms of formal training and all that? Sure. So my undergrad degree was in uh, political science. So I was fortunate enough to go to first Kansas City, Kansas Community College, and then Kansas State University on speech scholarship. So I did competitive speech what most people would term as debate, but they're separate from speech and debate, but that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> but um, I was planning on going into foreign service up until probably my last semester at K-State. And I was thinking about it more and more, and I decided, you know, maybe I should stay stateside for a while. And so that led me to intern first in the Kansas legislature, and then I was fortunate enough to work for... Um, the Department of Housing and Urban Development while I was going to uh, grad school at UMKC for my master's in public administration. So urban policy and things of that nature are something that have kind of come to me a little bit more and more. And this is another way that I can kind of use those experiences to make a difference in the community that I care about. Yeah. Now, Michael, you, you hinted to it just a little bit in telling your story about coming back from Vancouver. Why don't you introduce the audience to, especially for those that are unfamiliar with uh, Kansas City, how would you describe the city? So I would say Kansas City is a, a city of, of opportunity. Kind of the impetus for Bike Walk KC was um, there was a report from the BBC that noted that Kansas City was, at the time, I think this was in 2008, uh, the most unfriendly community for biking and walking in America. Not a great 
recognition for a place like Kansas City and, and certainly not for the people who live here. And so Kansas City has grown in the years since, and, and we've begun to see changes in the built environment for the better. Uh, Kansas City adopted a geo bond of about 800 million that set aside about 150 million for sidewalks in um, 2017. And later that same year, the city adopted what's known as a complete streets ordinance, which is something we'll discuss as well. That has all led in bits and pieces to changes in the built environment. And I think the biggest example of that that we see currently is um, the city's first two-way cycle track was completed earlier last year. That was something that had never been seen in the region and is something that was really new for people in Kansas City, but it shows that with a lot of determination, with a lot of effort, and with some luck here and there, we can make changes for active transportation for the better in our community. Yeah. Was that two-way cycle track a protected facility? Yes. Mm-hmm. So bollards and flex post. So it's it hasn't been completed all the way yet. There's um, a segment in the middle and then the segment to the north. But our understanding is that uh, both of those segments should be completed this year. So we're keeping our fingers crossed and hoping public work sticks to its schedule. I can certainly hear the Chamber of Commerce side of you in there of uh, <laughs> of your quick pivot of most unfriendly to biking and walking to city of opportunity. <laughs> I try. I try. So, uh, but I mean, Kansas City is is like a lot of places. I think that um, we we're a place that. You know, there there's people who recognize the importance of doing that. We we try our best to try to compare ourselves to our neighbors, whether it be Denver, Chicago, Austin, and something that we're we try to do through our work is remind them that all of these places are investing in multimodal transportation. And if we want to be considered one of the big players in the Midwest or in the country as a whole, that's something that we're gonna have to make a real um, commitment to, not just for the pandemic, but in the years that go beyond this. Right, right. Now, Laura, how far away is is your town? So my commute is about five-ish or so miles. You know, it's, it's really, our office is located in downtown Kansas City. It's really not that far. You know, we you were asking about Kansas City and it's it really becomes a very small town very quickly. And so, I mean, literally for me to get to work, you know, it doesn't take that long. Like I said, it's about a five mile commute. Okay. Okay. So here's here's the question. Five miles is a very bikeable distance. Is it a comfortable ride? The route I choose is comfortable. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> Okay. And why, why do you say so? What, what makes that route comfortable for you? Um, I tend to be a fairly confident bike rider. Like I mentioned earlier, I've done cycling um, in many different forms. And so I'm not really afraid to ride my bike many places, especially in Kansas City. However, you know, I do have certain sites I like to see. I have a route that is generally flat. Kansas City is deceptively hilly. For anybody who has not been to this area, um, we have some major elevation changes. And I've picked a route where those hills have been minimized. So I, you know, can get here fairly unsweaty, but, you know, I'm still able to get my heart rate up in places. Yeah, there's, um, 
I like to say on my commute that I move through three counties in two states. So I move through my own um, Johnson County in Kansas, and I actually cross over into Wyandotte County in Kansas, and then I move into Jackson County in Missouri. So I like to add that little flair to my to my commute. But I feel like I, I'm able to move through parts of the city on my route that, you know, there's historic districts that I move through. Um, I go from, you know, first ring suburb kind of situation and then down into, you know, a more heavily populated downtown area. And I get to see a lot of variety and, and whatnot. Very cool. Very cool. So, Laura, I'll stick with you here. Why don't you talk a little bit more deeply about uh, your role uh, within the organization? Yeah. So director of education, we provide a pretty comprehensive suite of education programs, both for youth and adult, everything from our BLAST program, which stands for bicycle lessons and safety training, to earn a bike programs, to bike clubs. So that's kind of a youth development paired with, you know, learning about your neighborhood and getting comfortable as a bike commuter type of a program. We also offer what we call a confident city cycling, or um, it's like the TS 101 version of a class from League of American Bicyclists. We, we pair earn a bikes often with that, you know, we'll do lunch and learns on best tips for commuting. We do women specific programming. So I, I get to oversee the running of those programs, I do have a program manager who works a little bit more kind of in the weeds of it. But then beyond that, you know, obviously working in the director's position, um, I'm making sure that we're staying on track with our strategic objectives, trying to find new partnerships to advance our work in unique ways. You know, one of the, the partnerships that, you know, we will be talking about is one that we have with a children's hospital here called Children's Mercy, Kansas City. And we've worked with them for years on several different levels. And most recently, um, and most intimately on the um, Kansas City Physical Activity Plan. So this plan as a whole, and I mentioned our strategic objectives, you know, it meets several of those objectives and whatnot. And it puts us that much closer to other experts in different sectors who are doing work to advance the health of Kansas City's residents. And, you know, we're being seen as a major part of that process. And so that is, you know, my job to kind of be seeking out those partnerships and, and lending our voice in those ways. Fantastic. So, uh, Michael, why don't we have you do the same thing? Uh, talk a little bit about uh, your role within the, the organization and, and then immediately sort of pivot and, and just do a quick little snapshot of the organization as a whole. Sure. So with my position specifically, we work to advocate for the policies, the plans, and the projects which help to bring those changes to the built environment. So whether it be some city-level policy or a specific project that will bring new facilities to a different part of the built environment, we do a lot of work to advocate around that, and that involves a great deal of partnerships and um work with folks throughout the city. And in terms of our focus, we focus um, primarily on Kansas City, Missouri, but we have done work 
throughout our region. There's um, a number of communities that we work with on both sides of the state line. And we're also part of a statewide coalition known as Missourians for Responsible Transportation, wherein we work with partners in St. Louis, Columbia, and uh, Springfield to provide technical assistance both at the state level, but also with um, efforts in rural communities in Missouri as well. To answer your question about the organization as a whole, so BikeWalk KC is the area nonprofit for cyclists and pedestrians. We work to make Kansas City a better place for biking and walking. And beyond the work that Laura does with education and that I do with policy, our work includes uh, both planning, community planning, where we work to develop some of the designs of some of these projects and look at some of the data elements related to the built environment. And we're also one of the few organizations of our kind that operates the area's bike share program. So the bike share program is kept here um, where uh, Laura is now is actually right next to our garage where we service these bikes and take them throughout Kansas City um, into other parts of the region where we are expanding our footprint on that front as well. Wow. Fantastic. You guys have your hands on a lot of stuff there. And it's a membership-based organization. Is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And dues paying or? Uh, So we do have some uh, members who who pay dues um, in, but there's various parts of, of our funding mechanism. So it's members are parts of, are part of it, but it's not the whole picture. So. Got it. Okay. Okay. So it's like, you know, a, a fairly broad tent of try to get as many people engaged within the community as possible. Mm-hmm. Real quick on the bike share side, and I know this isn't like your, your, your main uh, emphasis, uh, but do you know how big the system is at this point? So in Kansas City, specific, Kansas City, Missouri specifically, we have about 200, 250 bikes that are spread kind of throughout um, using the dockless bike share system. And we're currently working to expand into Kansas City, Kansas, which we hopefully will be able to do later this year. And then we currently have uh, some offerings in parts of Johnson County as well. Okay. So for a lot of people, they don't know that there's two Kansas cities. Is, is it, can you, can, like, for instance, if you're, if you have a, you know, expansion of the bike share program over to there, is it pretty easy to flow from one KC to the next? I mean, in terms of, of driving between the two, yeah, it's, it's really easy. The, the thing I would say in terms of another way to distinguish the two is in terms of their government structure. So this is the policy side of me coming out again. So Kansas City, Missouri has the typical mayor council form of government where, the mayor and city council work to legislate the vast majority of local policy. Kansas City, Kansas, on the other hand, is under what's known as a unified government. So the city government is also part of the county government. So we use, we use KCK, Wyandotte County, unified government, all interchangeably to describe the same entity, which is KCK. So from a policy side, that makes things a little bit uh, a little bit confusing at times, but we're we're finding our way slowly but surely. If you were to summarize from the policy side, what are your core initiatives? What are you really working on? Sure. So in terms of what we're working on specifically for 2021, I would say that we're focusing on several big things. So the first 
I think is is community engagement. So obviously with the pandemic, there was a real kind of hit to being able to have those those really good engaging conversations that inform our work and also help to shape our policy. And we had a lot of big plans in 2020 that were sidelined because of that. So uh, 2021 is about trying to kind of redouble our efforts and and kind of improve those efforts as we begin to emerge from the pandemic. Additionally, we want to ensure that we're building a new normal. There were so many issues with the way that we were doing things before the pandemic that we simply can't repeat, whether it be in terms of inequities or in terms of poor health outcomes. We can't go back to the old normal. We need a new normal, and we want to advocate for that from the standpoint of better, more connected biking and walking infrastructure. And then the other big thing is, as we pivot, making sure that we're centering equity in our conversations, making sure that we're bringing the table to the people who need to be in those conversations, but also working to shape the conversations around sustainability. Uh, Kansas City, as a region, recently adopted a, a climate action plan through a group known as Climate Action KC. And part of that includes making bigger investments in multimodal transportation. So our job is to not only inform the public of these resources, but also make sure that as much as we can, we're centering the voices of the people who have historically been left out of those conversations. And you you, you talk about centering in, uh, in equity, and I think that brings us around to decriminalizing walking and biking. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so... Following the protest around the the death of George Floyd last year, um, the city announced that they wanted to take a look at their full municipal code and see if there are elements of the code that potentially um, lead to over-policing or other negative interactions with police. And so Bike Walk KC saw that as an opportunity to say, let's also think about this from the standpoint of biking and walking. So along with our executive director, I sat down, looked at the municipal code and found the portions that we thought were were challenging and, and a little bit concerning. And so our, our idea with it was effectively two points. First, does this actually contribute to safety in Kansas City? And if not, is there a chance under the way that this is currently written that it could lead to over-policing? So using that criteria, we found three portions of the municipal code that we felt needed to be addressed and most likely needed to be repealed. Dirty wheels, bicycle inspections, and jaywalking. Amazing. <laughs> I saw that. I read that. The dirty wheels. Yeah. Like, you have yeah. got to be kidding me. Ugh. I know. I know. Oh, man. Okay. So you mentioned something in there about, you know, having to shift a little bit with community engagement with the pandemic. Laura, how has your sort of world in terms of, of you know, from an education perspective, how have you had to shift during the pandemic? Well, when the pandemic hit for, you know, everybody was in March of last year, the bulk of our work is done in schools. And so, you know, we just had this very long gray period, you know, as all the data was coming out about 
infection rates and what is best practice for social distancing and wearing masks and all that. And the schools here in Kansas City really didn't go back to in-person during the 2019-2020 end of that school year. So, you know, we took that summer to under try and see how we could use um, what was available to us, like through teleconferencing platforms and virtual, um, other virtual platforms. And, you know, how can we really still be able to deliver, you know, education because we were seeing people walking and biking in greater numbers. I mean, they were staying at home, but, you know, they were following recommendations to, you know, um, get out and be active. And so the education component, you know, it's always necessary. It was needed, but our, our delivery methods were what had to change. And so we went through a period of kind of converting our bicycle lessons and safety training program to a virtual platform. And I'll be honest, teaching bike skills virtually is oxymoronic. And, you know, it's hard to keep engagement. You know, one thing with students and the variety of districts across the Kansas City metro area and whatnot, you know, the pandemic just really highlighted the differing levels of access that students had. So, you know, there was um, there's certain districts where there's one-to-one technology with all the students, you know. Then even within that, you know, there's all these differing platforms that were acceptable or not acceptable for sharing. Some, some were like, well, just record it, throw it on YouTube, and we'll just play the YouTube video for kids. So that totally cut out any engagement or back and forth with the kids that we could possibly have. You know, but it, it did leave behind a whole subset of students who, you know, they don't have access to internet, access to technology, to be able even to know about this. You know, if they weren't even going into school, there's still a ton of students that we were missing to be able to teach. Uh, One bright spot on our adult education was we had, um, we have a partnership with the Johnson County Public Libraries to offer free monthly bicycle education. And so This is open to anybody who can find the link on Eventbrite. You know, we often have registration from people across the country and world. But, you know, we took our Maintain Your Ride class online and made it virtual. And two of our top mechanics here at Bike Walk KC, one was in his basement, you know, with his basic, he basically has a bike shop down there. So he was putting things on stands, he was taking his camera, and he was really zooming in on details and whatnot. And then our other mechanic, she also, her full-time job is actually a producer with one of the um, public radio stations here. And so, you know, she was able to kind of help produce that. And they have a really great working relationship. And so, you know, it was fun to watch them interact, but then, you know, they were really just a good team the one mechanic was coming up with kind of little demonstration tools. So, you know, sometimes it's hard to show shifting or what your derailleur actually does when you, you know, push in the levers and things like that. And, you know, he was coming up with all these really creative models or demonstration tools to be able to put in front of a camera, make the action happen and really kind of let people see like, oh, that's what that's doing. 
you know, so we we had a lot of learning, you know, we obviously had some success stories and we've learned some things about programming with certain populations that it, it just doesn't work to tell kids, yeah, go ride your bikes, <laughs> but watch a video to do it, you know, whereas for adults, you know, this actually offered us a way to reach more adults and to really push ourselves creatively to come up with some new ways to teach the same thing. New new ways to teach for the teachers. This, this is good. Exactly. And it, it, it's interesting too, because I, I, I was sort of thinking about this and reflecting on the fact that if I'm, if I'm doing something around the house and I don't know how to do it, what I do, I go to YouTube and type in and try to find the video of how to do it. And so it, how cool is that, that, you know, your, your mechanics were able to come together and put together, you know, high quality production value. And now it's, it's reaching far beyond the, the, the KC region. Good stuff. Yeah. Now you said something in there that uh, piqued my attention because it's something that we're seeing globally. And what you said was walking and biking numbers, you know, they, they increased tremendously. So Michael, you're, you're nodding. <laughs> How much of a cultural shift was this for KC to have that number of people suddenly out in the streets? I think it, it certainly was an, an interesting experiment in changes here. So when Kansas City went into lockdown, we began having conversations with planning, public works, the parks department, about trying to find uh, a number of opportunities for people to kind of spread out because a lot of the sidewalks are too narrow for you to be able to adhere to physical distancing guidelines. And what ultimately happened was the city council basically adopted this, this suite of options that included open streets permits so you could close down certain streets for a time. We had several other street closures that happened. There were automatic pedestrian signalization options that were happening for a number of key stoplights in, in the area. And then the other big thing was they set aside pedestrian exclusive space in several of the area parks. And so that, that all created that chance to kind of give people additional ways to spread out and continue to engage in physical activity, especially during the initial lockdown phase. What I think it's led to beyond that is it really has gotten people to begin to think, you know, we saw this and we heard about this from our family in Denver, or Charlotte, or uh, somewhere else, and they want to kind of see if we can make that happen here. People are really beginning to understand, you know, even if I don't necessarily like to walk or bike myself, I, I have children who like to walk and bike, and there's not really a safe place to do that. So, what are what are the changes that need to happen in order to make that more possible? I think that was a big question that a lot of people were asking themselves both during the lockdown and, and are continuing to ask themselves now. So uh, obviously there's that connection uh, that we were talking about earlier about decriminalizing walking and biking. And because the other thing that happened, <laughs> obviously, was the Black Lives Matter movement that happened, you know, at the same time we were dealing with increased number of people on the streets due to uh, the pandemic. But this also ties into the fact that, you you know, the city, the the community members, the residents, it, not only in Kansas City, but city after city around the globe, 
are having an opportunity to, to view their streets in a different way. And then that also ties into where you're trying to go with your complete streets policy. Sure. So let's talk a little bit about what's at the what, what's at the meat and the bones of, of that particular uh, policy. Sure. So so for folks who, who may not be familiar, complete streets are streets that are made for everyone, regardless of your preferred mode of transportation, whether it be walking, biking, transit or accessibility. Um, you deserve to be able to get from point A to point B as easily and as safely and as reliably as anyone else. And Complete Streets as a policy works to make that a reality by pushing a community to make incremental changes over time to improve the built environment for everyone. And so to kind of go on a little bit more about this, Complete Streets as it relates to Kansas City dates back to a little bit before 2017. My predecessor, Eric Bunch, was working with a number of organizations through what was known then as the Complete KC Coalition that included housing advocates, neighborhood leaders, and and, uh, folks from the American Heart Association and AARP, all working together to really highlight the fact that Kansas City needed a policy to support complete streets. And what that ultimately culminated in was a coalition advocating for the adoption of Kansas City's Complete Streets Ordinance. And it was a really big moment and we were really excited about all of it. But we also realized that, you know, Kansas City isn't the only place that needs this. Beyond the places that simply don't have the ordinance, there have been a number of communities that have Complete Streets resolutions. And what we've often seen there is that Complete Streets resolutions often say all all the nice things, you know, complete streets are great, we should support walking and biking, but they don't actually lead to any change. And oftentimes it pushes a community to kind of say, you know, we've done this and this is enough and we don't want to do anything else. And so that really got us thinking, you know, what are the additional changes that we need to push for? And that also takes us back to the statewide coalition in Missouri. So working through that coalition, we were able to meet with a number of stakeholders back in 2019 who were saying, you know, this is something that intrigues us. This is something that ties in with a whole host of issues that we deal with, but we don't know how to make this work. And so we did a little bit of research amongst our organizations and we said, you know, let's come up with a template for these folks to use. So over the next few months, um, we worked and developed something, worked and got feedback from the National Complete Streets Coalition, which is able to grade policies on a zero to 100 scale. And we were ultimately able to develop our Complete Streets Ordinance template, which has a perfect score from the National Complete Streets Coalition. And it's been used to help a number of communities adopt Complete Streets Ordinances, including Westwood, Kansas. Gee, there's a connection there. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, thank you very much uh, for, for, for walking us through that. And I love the fact that you made that differentiation between resolution and versus policy. Uh, Very, very important because you're, you're absolutely right. Too, too many cities have passed resolutions and if there's really no teeth to it or there's really no blueprint to getting things on the ground that just kind of sits there it's like oh yes wouldn't it be nice and then 
they move on with that. Mm-hmm. The other neat thing that you you talked about there is about the coalitions and the partnerships. And that brings us around to uh, Laura, the physical activity plan and you know the role that uh, Bike Walk KC has had within that group, that coalition group. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about this uh, physical activity plan. Yeah. So because 2020 was such a blurge year, you know, I may get a few of my... <laughs> Time frames here a little mixed up. Bike Walk KC was invited to join a core work group um, that formed out of the weighing in team. And I'm probably going to, I apologize, I'm probably going to kind of get some of these departments um, at the Children's Hospital a little mixed up. But we were invited to sit on this core work group to begin the talk of creating a regional physical activity plan based on the National Physical Activity Plan. So this is November-ish or so, I think, of um, 2019. So um, at that very first meeting, you know, we we met, uh, we were given copies of the physical or the National Physical Activity Plan and the U.S. report card to say, okay, this is kind of a model here. You know, we would like to go on this journey of seeing what something a little bit more specific for Kansas City would look like. Um, so the the basic idea with the core work group was that it was made up of members who were representing all factors of life. There's faith-based, there is infrastructure, which actually includes uh, transportation, land use, and community design. Um, there's healthcare, healthy schools, early childhood. Um, I believe that's what we had in the very first kind of round Um, of work with this physical activity plan. So from there, you know, we kind of started on this journey then of understanding and to to a degree modeling kind of what was happening with the national plan. And we were tasked with, you know, becoming sector leads. So I was the infrastructure sector lead. I co led that actually with one of the public information officers from the public works department at Kansas City, Missouri. And we had a support assistant from the weighing in team at this children's hospital. So, you know, what our job then was to do was to look at within our sector, what was the national recommendations and then bring together further experts in our field to help us really understand, is this appropriate for Kansas City, is this feasible? What what would you change about this? And so, really, kind of dissecting it um, and deconstructing it to see what activities were happening that supported national strategies and objectives, but then also really trying to push what we could get done in Kansas City. Some of the national stuff's pretty high level, and you know, when you think about the time it would take for that to be successful all the way down um, on more of a local level, it's just not going to happen in a a time frame that people will stay interested to be a part of that. So, you know, we really were taking it for what can we be doing in a more near-term approach. And again, do it with a degree that we could both learn from it, but also have success, you know, to ultimately increase the health of people in Kansas City. Interesting. I will make sure that I include a link in the show notes to that plan so that folks can actually click through, take a look at it. And this is the first time the city has done this. Is that correct? 
It is. So yeah, in 2020, we also had a summit, a physical activity summit. And, you know, basically what we did here was we had the different sectors come together and summarize the work that they'd been doing for that whole previous year. So we did this virtually in 2020 and we had, we were very impressed with our turnout and it started to get a little bit of traction and attention um, outside the Kansas City area. So that was really great, you know, and we were further refining our plan so that we could put it out. The first iteration is a playbook. So this is um, kind of the at-a-glance version of what is in the plan. There was also a uh, report card that was put out alongside that, you know, and that was to kind of just talk about what is the state of these different areas of physical activity. So there's overall physical activity, sedentary behaviors, active transportation, you know, active play, family and peers, all this information, and it was given a grade. Um, The researcher who worked on the Kansas City card also happened to be grading the data quality. So that was a really interesting aspect of this report card that, you know, we can get data, but how good is the data that we're that we're getting, you know, and, and that was definitely, you know, a part of the conversation when we were talking about our priorities for the Kansas City specific plan um, was always making sure, you know, to to talk about, you know, our data collection, how good is that data collection, how available is that data collection, how often are you looking at it, who all's using the same type of collection systems, you know, so that we can not only increase just the grade uh, on physical activity as a whole, but we can increase the quality of the data that's informing that grade. Now I'm going to assume that the the grade the score that that Casey has is is not all that impressive. Is that correct? No, it is not. You know, Michael mentioned we are a city of opportunity, and so if we if we got you know a hundred the first time, uh, we wouldn't really be able to do our jobs as well as we we are. There's several areas where we have you know just incomplete access to data. And so therefore we can't really kind of assess, you know, some of these different areas as fully as we'd like, uh, for, for our side of things, for bike walk Casey's side of things, active transportation in the Kansas city report card received an F. Well, that, and that's understandable based on what, you know, what Michael had been talking about, uh, earlier. So here's where policy and plans hit the rubber hits the road is with funding. How supportive is the community towards funding these types of strategies? Michael? So I think I think the best answer to that is that it is kind of a piecemeal approach. So I think that the approach of Complete Streets fits in with a city like Kansas City that seems to seems to want to spend in a way that is a little bit more conservative, depending on what you ask about. So with something like the Gillum cycle track that I mentioned earlier, the reason why I think that that is is supported is because it is something that it's something that's new. It is something that aligns with broader goals for that community. And it's something that could potentially be a template for the rest of the city. There have certainly been challenges in the past about funding. We just got through our budget season and um, 
we didn't get everything that we wanted, but we got some very good things like a new transportation director and more funding for some of the projects that we care about. But funding is is definitely a place where there's there's room to grow, and, and we're hoping to um, make that clear um, as we move forward. And it's it's promising at the moment because. I think we do have a new city manager who um, comes to us from Jersey City and so understands, I think, more than a lot of folks in Kansas City do, the importance of investing in uh, greater multimodal options to support everyone. Uh, it, I think it bodes well that you you have a situation where you've got some infrastructure getting onto the ground and, you know, that those successes tend to breed more successes. And, right. and we see this in cities across the country. When you get get that momentum rolling and people mm-hmm. start to see it and it's just it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, too, where when people uh, you know, are having this opportunity to to occupy the the streets, and they're walking and biking in higher numbers. It's like, oh, it's like now they can they can see it, they can feel it, and they're like, oh, okay, we want more of this, and we want safer versions of this, and 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 then you get you know that that first protected cycle track down, and then you get another trail down, and and eventually, it's it's like that willingness to help fund it. In other words, where I'm going with this is the community's willingness to tax themselves or to put pressure on to city administrations to shift prioritization of funding, you know, away from just doing status quo the way things have mm-hmm. always been of cars and investing in, in more walking and biking and things of that nature. And something else I'll say too on that front is that I think a big part of what our job has been has been trying to show, you know, the the broad spectrum of what makes up Kansas City's cycling community. I think that there is, like in many places, a preconceived notion that the cycling community is is almost entirely made up of, of middle-aged white guys in spandex who just go around to competitive races every weekend. And, and that really is just a small portion of, of what makes up our cycling community. You have folks like Laura who likes to bike with her kids from time to time. You have folks like me who uh, live out by the park and, and like to ride um, when it's just a, an occasion just to get out and just be outside. And you also have folks um, who use biking as a form of transportation because they can't afford a car. Um, We recently had an opportunity to have a study done where one of our board members was actually able to have qualitative analysis done with homeless people who rely on bikes as their primary form of transportation because a car simply doesn't do it. So it really is about not just incentivizing people to do it for themselves, but also helping them understand the numerous parts of the community that will also benefit from making that commitment in a different type of transportation and really a different type of city. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's so important too, is to, to counter what has been a North American problem of only seeing riding a bike as a sport. You know, it's like we, we have to get beyond that because it's it's so much more than than just sport and recreation. It, it, it is a meaningful way of, you know, of, of transport, of mobility. So is there anything that we haven't yet discussed that uh, either of the two of you or both want to make sure we talk about? 
Yeah, so I just want to stress that the the policy and advocacy wins that we've gotten, they they're not um, something that is unique and can only happen in Kansas City. Advocacy is is a team sport, and it, it requires building coalitions and being willing to speak up for things that you care about. For for folks like Laura and I, it's it's the issue of the built environment and the various issues that intersect with that. But um, if, if you want to know more and you want to do more, learn more about the local organizations in your community that are working on active transportation. And if there isn't one, see what you can do to make that a possibility. I love that. And, and actually, you, you blended that in and answered what was typically my last question for you anyways, which was what advice do you have? So all, I'm going to turn this over to Laura now. So Laura, you come at this from several different ways. You've, you, you've, you're in the thick of it with an education perspective. You're a parent. You're also a city council member. So what advice would you have to somebody who's listening into this and they're inspired to make a difference in their neighborhood? What should they do? Yeah, um, you know, to a degree, I'm going to echo Michael, but be constructively critical, you know, about your neighborhood, about your surroundings. Um, If you find that you're oftentimes avoiding a direct route to an essential destination, you know, really kind of question what is it about this that's making me not feel good? And, you know, what can I do about it? You know, get involved with your Local elected officials have chats with your public works directors, you know, but at the same time, do do remain open minded. There's a lot of layers, you know, at the local level with governments and whatnot. But I do know that as an elected, I highly appreciate those residents who come with with good feedback or bad. But, you know, it is the best kind of conversation when it's constructive um, and that they have an open mind as well. So. That, that's really mine. It's, you know, look around your neighborhood and, you know, is this doing what I need it to do? And then find those, those approaches to make the neighborhood do, to support you in your choices. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to echo that too. It's, I think it's incredibly important in these polarizing times and, you know, online things can get nasty very, very quickly. So, you know, yes, feedback, constructive criticism and constructive uh, feedback is so incredibly important for, you know, for the cities and, and, you know, for the organizations. And, you know, if, if you're hot under the collar, take a deep breath (laughs) (laughs) and, and and because it it doesn't serve any purpose uh, for, for, you know, the, the nastiness to, to take over. And, and we need to be able to kind of move things forward in a, in a positive way. What's the best way for folks, Michael, to uh, follow along with what uh, Bike Walk Casey is doing? The uh, best thing they can do is um, they can sign up for our, our mailing list. Uh, they go on our website and, and scroll down to the bottom. They can uh, join our mailing list. If they're not big on emails. They can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. We have plenty of new offerings on YouTube thanks to the pandemic, um, whether it be education offerings from Laura's team or uh, Advocacy 101 from me. There's a lot of offerings that we have, and we're, we're happy to share them with anyone who wants to listen. Fantastic. Yeah, and I, I would add on to that, you know, not only the newsletter followings and whatnot, but become a member. Um, you know, there's a lot of benefits through becoming a member, but Michael is right. The newsletter is always packed with stuff that we're doing and asking people to be a part of, 
you know, because really we can't do this without that kind of reinterpretation of our work happening in communities um, in the way that best suits that community. So we can offer the expertise, but, you know, when people become members and they, they become more kind of involved, they can learn and then take that back to their community and do it in the way that's most successful there. Absolutely. And I'm going to rely on the two of you to help amplify this particular podcast episode so that we can grow the audience within the KC area. And here's my message to you. (laughs) If you're listening to this and you're in the KC area, get engaged with your local uh, advocacy organization, become a member. Laura, Michael, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you here today. Thank you for joining me on the Active Towns podcast. Thank you. This has been, I love this. This is great. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, John. Appreciate the conversation. Thank you all so much for tuning in to episode number 70 of the Active Towns podcast. I'll say this once again, transforming our cities into safer, more inviting places that support and promote a culture of activity is hard work, and it requires strong leadership and competence at all levels. And Bike Walk KC is a fabulous advocacy example to inspire efforts in other cities. Be sure to head over to the links on this episode's landing page and in the show notes for access to Bike Walk KC's policy efforts, their education videos, and the Kansas City Physical Activity Plan. Okay, that's all for this episode. But before I let you go, one final reminder, since it is still technically tax season, thanks IRS for the filing extension for many of us, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution to Active Towns. Every donation makes a huge difference in helping me to produce this content and grow the culture of activity movement. Doing so is easy. Just head over to my website at activetowns.org and click on that blue donate button in the top right corner of the page. Thank you so much. All right, once again, it's time to say goodbye. So until next week, this is John signing off by wishing you much activity, health, and happiness. Cheers.